2: A two, a one,
3: two, three, four.
2: <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden pause in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. Fifteenth hole here, is recommended. <laughs> Oh, is he a caveman? Because he suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs>
3: G'day and welcome. This oh is Golf. God. Andrew Datto is my name. Nice to have you company. Uh, I obviously love playing the game of golf, but I also love the people. And I love the fact that you can... I don't know, do something, meet someone, they introduce you to someone else, and slowly your horizon really broadens with some interesting people. And that's what I've got for you today, oldsaltygolf.com. might even be .com hey you, in fact, I think it is. No, oldsaltygolf.com. It's Charlie and Dan. Um, A couple of mates, they always said they wanted to do something together, something special. Uh, and preferably around the game of golf, and then it dawned on one of them. They've got a fantastic website, which is old stuff, which is really what I want to talk to them about today. Um, As much as we like playing all the new gear and having the fancy stuff in the bag, and oh, Jesus Christ, is that the newest driver? It is. It's bloody enormous. Um, I really love the old stuff. I love the sense of nostalgia. I like where we've been in the game, and obviously I like um, maybe not obviously, but I really do enjoy using kind of quirky stuff. And Charlie and Dan, I think, could well be the king of quirk. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation with them. I really did. Um, and uh, they're good fun. And they just have a beautiful spin on the game. So this is Charlie and Dan at OldSaltyGolf.com, which will, that's where you'll find their gear. I hope you enjoy it. Now, just before we get to where you guys are at with the game and looking backwards as we go forwards, um, what was your start to the game? How did it bite you? Let's start with you, Dan.
4: Uh, My start to the game was born and bred up on the north coast of New South Wales, a coastal town called Ballina. And I was sort of just your typical coasty kid, surfing, footy, all those sorts of things. And then my introduction came for the game came to me by my neighbours who are mad keen golfers, Um, and they said, hey, you want to come over one afternoon? And this is when I probably would have been all of seven or eight years old, and I just walked around and sort of that was my first introduction to the game, and I was offered a putt and a chip and everything like that, and I, I can still remember walking down the first hole at Ballina. I don't think the mound's still there. But I saw the gentleman who took me, what I now know was a really, really bad shot and I had this stereotypical vision of holes being on a mound and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's, that's almost in the hole and unbeknownst to me, it was a hazard. So, um, yeah, from uh, the generosity of a neighbour just sort of saying, come for a walk,
3: yeah, here yeah. I am now. Rightio. So um, yeah, and,
4: and I, like that,
0: that,
3: I like that he let you have a shot. He let yes. you have a putt. It's pretty – so is that like a – I mean, Ballinan's a pretty laid-back, cruisy, and you guys are in Ballinan now, aren't you? Yeah, we are. It's a very sharky town, very sharky swimming area, Ballinan. There's and a big careful. shark
2: theme running through the old salty kennel. Yes, yeah. I'm,
3: I've noticed that. And how about you, Charlie? What's What was your beginning?
2: Uh Well, where Dan is the golfer and quite an accomplished golfer, I'm at the other end of the spectrum representing the everyman. I'm something of a chopper. Um, I hover around kind of mid-teen, handicap, never been an amazing ball striker, but I have a deep love for the game. And the love really started when I was about seven or eight. I had a um, cut-down version of Dad's clubs. He had these Kellnagle blades, which were on impossible to hit. Yeah. Um, but at the top end of the bag, he had a little slammer, a PGF little slammer the name really captured my imagination and I thought stuff these blades I'm gonna have a whack of uh, of this uh, persimmon little slammer and unbeknownst to me and I still don't know how I did it, it one came straight out of the screws I got that feeling that we've all felt and I thought this game's amazing and I haven't looked back
3: right so in your so you're I mean I don't think mid-teens is a chopper that's the – Let's be fair to him about that. That's not bad. Dan, what do you play off?
4: I think I'm hovering around about two at the moment. Oh,
3: wow. You think you're hovering around two.
4: um, (laughs) One, don't let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. And two, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you read. Um, Yeah, I don't know how often I play to that. But um, look, golf to me isn't about a scorecard or trying to get over 36 points in a stable foot or anything like that. It's about sort of, walking out with uh, whatever clubs I decide to grab on the shed on the way out and just sort of playing two three holes one or two holes or just getting out there and yeah it, it's not about a score it, it's about individual shots and that feel and just sort of yeah just stripping it back to its its simplest sort of version
3: okay so what do you, what are you um, and let's stick with you Dan what are you packing in your golfing shed like how far what how, are you Now, are you guys hoarders? Are you, is this how you've managed to put the website together or like what, what have you got?
4: Okay. So the hoarders, how did we manage to put the website together? That's probably a question within itself. But it, let's go back to, to what am I packing? Um, like I've got a modern set and if I'm going out to play and when I play with the boys, whether it's up here in the north coast or down in Sydney when I'm down visiting, there's usually sort of, you know, lunch or something involved. So if I'm going out and it's going to be a competitive round, you know, I've, I've got a set of Minzunu MP20s, I've got the Vokey wedges, or, you know, I've got the Scotty Cameron putter. So if I need to be competitive and there's a reason for me to sort of think about performance, um, you know, I will pack those, the, the, that equipment or, or that artillery but when you sort of look at what I try and do through my three-hole walks, two-hole walks, one-hole walk on, on, on dark, um, I'm a bit of a tightless guy going back, and that comes to my first set of irons being a set of the original DCI black triangles. Yeah. So –
3: Are they um, – are they nine were they nine six two or nine five two?
4: No, the nine came after the black triangle, and there was, there was a gold version in there, and there's offset and all, all sorts of things happening. Um, yeah. There was a, a lot of um, different versions of, of the DCI, but I just had your stock standard black triangle typeless DCI irons, and um, I was a left hander too. Oh, I still am a left hander, obviously.
3: I was going to say, yeah. wow, you changed. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're awesome. Back in,
4: back in the early 90s within Australia, like, one, good golf gear for everyone was expensive, but two, mm. being a left-hander, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to mm. get. It's what I could get. Okay. Um, and there was probably two or three years of complete confusion where I was convincing myself that I was right-handed, just thinking that means I'm going to get a hand-me-down set from an uncle or, or someone like that. But yeah, it turns out I'm left-handed. But back to the question. What am I packing if I'm just sort of going out for the afternoon or just for, for a relax or a, an unplug? Um, I replicated my complete original first full set through COVID. So mm. um, the DCI irons, uh, the Callaway Warbird with the um, Japanese Nippon shaft, uh, the Odyssey Dual Force, the Rosie 2 putter when Odyssey used to do the um, 10 pin bowling insert in the faces. Um, I think <laughs> I don't remember that. that. Yeah, I think I've even got like a, a Cobra trusty, rusty 61 degree. Yeah, wow. And from that original set and my love of tightless being a kid, I do have a set of the 962s, which I sometimes interchange. And then um, I've recently acquired one of those sets of the um, tailor-made PMs, the, the Mickelson sort of composite set where yeah. the longer irons were completely cavity and your blade, your, your shorter irons were complete blades, but it wasn't forged. So it's, it's sort of they're pure oh, to look at, but, yeah, yeah they're, they're
3: not so, forged still. So I'm curious, if you're playing for lunch, as you know, you said that when you come to the city or you're playing a game out there, yeah. then you use the good clubs. That, that would infer that the good clubs go significantly better than the older clubs, the irons.
4: I wouldn't say they go significantly better. My take on things would be...
3: Financially, they go better.
4: They're more user-friendly. Okay. Um, So with wind, everything like that, I feel as though I've just got a little bit more control. But if you go back to sort of, you know, my uh, random sort of wafflings of Titleist clubs, um, you know, I've got a set of Hogan radial blades. I've got some old McGregors. Charlie's got a big thing for Ping and he's got me down that ping rabbit hole, all those things and all those that old equipment still performed just as good when mm. you get one out of the screws or you put a good swing on it or you make solid contact. But the issue I'm finding with the older stuff that brings me so much joy and I love the challenge of trying to master is the naughty ones are so much naughtier in terms of if you don't execute a swing, if right. you don't. Completely catch it. Yeah, feedback is is instant and often brutal.
3: And is that your? Is that what you say to the ball when it, when you have a naughty one? You go, "Oh, you naughty one!" <laughs> it's like it's like something out of Benny Hill. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just picturing a high speed vision of Walshy trundling around New South Wales golf club to Benny Hill music, and that's yeah. uh, classic. Andrew, I've got a slightly different take. Um, as uh, yeah, somewhat of a somewhat of a chopper. The take that I have is a bit more controversial because my view is that modern stuff actually makes the game harder. It does for me. And it comes down to the uh, fact that I feel greater pressure to perform when I'm holding a $600 twist face protractor style driver in my hand Mm -hmm. or where I'm holding, you know, a. You know, a really high-tech set of irons, if I'm not catching them out in the middle, driving at 300, um, I'm feeling a little inadequate versus the free-swinging joy that I have when I'm playing a 35-year-old set of beryllium coppers or some old 975D tightless driver. I'm swinging yeah. easy, and when I'm swinging easy, I, I tend to catch it better. And um, I think the joy that I have of getting one clean out of an older club far exceeds um, the frequent mishits that I have using modern stuff. Yeah. So it's an ironic twist, but, yeah, for me, playing older stuff frees me up, makes it easier.
3: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I played with an English guy who had a set of brilliant copper pings, zings, too. Is that right? Could be. And he had a second set as well. So he had two sets, one for one for here, and then he bought a second set just in case something happened to the first set. And he was a good golfer, but it, the, it was about the joy. And I think that's the thing about nostalgia is that it provides you with um, with a genuine sense of fulfilment. Yep. When you play, I mean, even if you play crap, you just go, oh, 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 oh that was awful, wasn't it? Totally. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. it, and it's almost like an inbuilt excuse.
2: So, exactly. It's an yeah, inbuilt okay. excuse and we laugh at sucking. Well, at least yeah. I do. Um, yeah. And you mentioned the joy of nostalgia and that's probably, that's a really nice articulation of why we do what we do. Um, it brings a real smile to our face and I don't know, you mentioned hoarding earlier. Um, you know, I think uh, Dan and I are both guilty of getting high on our own supply, if you like. What I mean by that right. is that we've kind of fallen in love with a lot of the stuff that we bought specifically to sell. So, how,
3: so how do you choose? So, let, I mean, let's just talk about the site. So, and is this is, – is Old Salty Golf your main – is that your main job or is that like a side no, thing? That... No,
2: it's a side hobby. It's a creative outlet. It's a pure It's a pure hobby that we do on okay. the
3: side. Right. yeah. So,
2: Charlie rang me because,
4: as he stated before, he was in Amsterdam for many years, and he rang me just, it would have been 2020, just as COVID was really gaining some momentum, and we've always spoken about doing something and we just never knew what, and then he's rang me and he's like, I've got it, I've got it. It's a dog. This dog is, It's the latest isn't the greatest, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, and... At first, I wasn't seeing the dog and how we could bring that to life, but I was seeing what he was talking about, nostalgia, going back to simpler times Mm. because sort of where we find ourselves now within this retro sort of rabbit hole of golf and exploring the equipment of, of yesteryear, golf really hasn't had that renaissance period. Whereas if you look at, you know, of course, me being from Ballina, surfing's been a big part of my life also. yeah Surf did that a couple of years ago, sort of probably 10, 15 years ago where everyone stopped riding thrusters and and those high performance shortboards and started looking at mucking around on single fins and twin fins and those old, older boards. And you know those things are absolute pigs to try and ride and and surf and. Do you think?
3: But do you think they are though? Because I I I, look, I, I disagree with that actually. Yeah. I watched Nat Young's son surfing at and Gary once on a he had three boards on the beach right so he just kept coming in and out and two single fins and one asymmetrical, and he's a really really good surfer. Yeah, he's like incredible. a really yeah. he's incredible. Yeah, but the 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 way he rode these two single fins. Was It was an art form, you know. Like it was actually significantly more beautiful than what he was doing on the asymmetrical – it was a thruster but two fins are on one side, one on the other. Yeah. And like we make our own – my son and I have made our own surfboards for years and they're all single fins and I don't feel like they're pigs to ride. I just feel like they're just
4: – Yeah. You,
3: you know what I mean? Like there's something – I feel – kind of cool about walking down the beach with a homemade single fin. Oh, <laughs> no,
4: there is, you know, maybe pig wasn't the right word to use, but maybe the love is in the difficulty of riding, and if you ride it well okay. or you, you put it in the right part of the wave, mm. it's going to perform just as well as another surfboard may. Um, not dissimilar to golf clubs like if you yeah. put the Simmon out of the screws and you put a good swing on it and, and you get in the right positions you get that similar feeling yeah um, you know as I was saying with how we, we got to that rabbit hole was surf did that and it was quite successful and golf hadn't really gone to, 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 to that sort of retro vibe or going back to where or how things used to be. Um, and now, two, three years on, we look at it and, you know, th- th- there's a strong following of, of mm. golf just going back to how it used to be, like blades, baladas, yeah. persimmons, like, uh, you know, the old metal cleats on your foot joy shoes with your kilties and, and, and everything like that. So. When Charlie pitched it to me, while well, I was never sort of completely clear on the dog, <laughs> I was completely, completely clear uh, on what he wanted to capture. Let's clear and, up the yeah. Let's clear
3: up the, yeah, so out the dog. So, the, so yeah. the website is Old Salty Dog. Old Salty Golf,
2: yeah. Um, old Salty
3: Golf, but it's a old, dog is the thing.
2: The, the, our, I guess our beliefs are characterised through a dog. And what we didn't want to be was too middle-aged dudes whinging about how it used to be better in my day and all Why? of Why? Why
3: wouldn't and you want to be like that?
2: What's well, wrong with it, that? But, I mean, and there's certain joy in being a, a, a grump about it all, about where we believe golf has gone today. But actually we wanted um, to channel a bit of humour and a reverence through, through a character. And um, and when I think of old salty as a uh, just as a colloquialism, you know, you think of salty old sea dogs spinning yarns and great old tales of yesteryear, and we thought, you know, the salty old okay. sea dog might be might be a nice way of doing that, because we want to shine a light on um, actually the the swagger of of golf in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, whereas you know, golf today, we felt. Um, was fueled more by performance and less by that style and swagger that, you know, we grew up with in, mm. in the 80s at least. Well, what
3: what um, do you think about when you watch golf now, when you watch the tournaments? I mean, I, I put, put it this way. If you go and watch, the, say, the Jack Newton British Open 1975,
2: yeah.
3: right? <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when you talk about swagger, like Jack Newton was, swagger.
2: May it. Um, absolutely. And, yeah.
3: So, when you watch the golf and the commentary and everything now, does it leave you? Do you think great? Do you like, leave you cold? Uh, yeah.
2: Or? First and foremost, we're golf lovers. We're both yeah. golf tragics. We have modern bags, and uh, as you might imagine, our garages are full of amazing old stuff. Here's the thing: it might be helpful to tell you where the idea kind of first began. Um, to answer your question directly, golf today I feel is a bit soulless. I mean, I plug into the majors, I keep an eye on the um, on the big US PGA events and and uh, the DP World Tour events, but it just feels like it, it's it's a little soulless because of this relentless pursuit of performance. Um, and you know, when um, you talk about uh, Jack Newton back in the Open. Uh, You can't help but feel the style and the swagger not just of what they wore and the equipment they used but also their characters. They were real larger-than-life characters and it was actually um, I remember in um, April of 2020, uh, a bit over two years ago, uh, you'll remember when Augusta National um, I remember that being the first global event that was cancelled as a result of the pandemic. Okay. And in their infinite wisdom, they hosted um, the Masters Rewind um, where they featured, um, you know, some, some really kind of pivotal games from the last kind of 40 years. Um, and that was when the flame was lit. Uh, it was for when you. I watched, for me, uh, yeah. and the thought with Old Salty, Um, We were watching, I think they had Jack in 86. Um, I'd seen Sharky Birdie four of uh, in the back nine, four on the trot. I think it was 14 through 17. Um, Actually, the thing I remember, we're all familiar with it. Yes, sir, on 17 when Jack drained his putt. But I had forgotten that Lingfist had also said, a massive yes, sir, for, for Sharkey when he drained that huge birdie putt on 17 to then go and stand on the 18th teal square. Um, let's not talk about the 18th and the club that he pulled in the fairway on 18. But yeah. uh, the the flame was really lit then. And I, I remember feeling, again, you mentioned the power of nostalgia. It took me back to my 10-year-old self. Yeah. Uh, and I then, actually, another thing coincided with that event Um, about a week or so earlier, Sharky had done an Instagram Live from his golf room. Oh, yeah. Is that when he was selling all his gear? He was selling all his gear and and he spoke about his 8802 uh, blade putter, his old Wilson, and that began an earnest trip down a massive rabbit hole to try and get my hands on one. And that's when the trouble began. (laughs) I I kind of you know I didn't know how deep this rabbit hole was going to go but I've just found myself like pouring myself into it and the dumb thing is I had just bought a new set of irons but because of um because of COVID the um there was a massive delay on them um I'd already paid for the irons a beautiful set of Mizuno's they're on their way but I just found myself buying these you know um, brilliant copperite twos and eighty-eight oh two putters, and the thing was just exploding. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I kind of digress, but I think um, to answer your question around feelings for golf today, we're not mm. bitter and twisted about where golf has gone. Um, oh, however, think,
3: yeah, I'm not. I don't. I'm not suggesting that at all. I, I just think it's not as. I, I suspect it's not as interesting.
2: Spot on. Yeah, I and that's the word pers- we use. Yeah, personally,
3: like, like a, I, I love seeing him hit great shots and stuff. But it's there's something fairly, and there has to be, because there's so much money involved. So there's something yeah. like a little bit robotic about the whole thing. Whereas before, you know, just, they they just looked like blokes out there exactly. on the dories, yeah. you know, <laughs> just looking and going, oh. and they had emotion. And they yes. carried on.
4: What you saw is what you got, and mm. I, I guess. Uh, what you've, you just spoke about before where you spoke about you guys, you and your son running down with homemade single fins, okay? Um, that's cool. And you've probably had a few people stop and go, oh, what's that board? And, and you tell the story behind, oh, this is yeah. a single fin. My son and I have been making them. Oh, that's cool. You're connecting. You're meeting with people. And up here, um, you know, uh, w- where we are, like it's it's – people are sort of still like performance, like the yoga clothes to golf. They want to sort of try and hit it far. They want to sort of try and have 42 points. They, they want to sort of do it all. And it's just, just win at all costs and it's sort of arms race. But when you get all these people um, w- walking to the first tee, they all look the same. They've yeah. all got their tour bag. They've all got their, know? Yeah, yeah. they've got, you know, it, 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 it's cookie cutter golf. Yeah. And, yeah, the white belt, white shoes, all these types of things, which is cool <laughs> if that if that's your vibe on the golf course. Like it's all yeah. about who's having the most fun out there. But back to that sort of vibe of you going to the beach with the single thing you made, it's like us when we rock up with an old mixed-matched retro set and – you know, the old old bloke on the range and the putting ground is like, what's that you bloody got there? A, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, mate, these are yeah. bloody uh, – I got this, you know, this Jack Newton blade off so-and-so and then I found these wedges. Oh, I used to have bloody one of them back in the uh, you know, and then you keep seeing this person around and then you, you may see them sort of, you know, next time they're out on course and they've brought out their old tailor-made bird yeah. or and that You, you see them a- on the range with their persimmon and yeah. – um, we've we got one of the lads who sort of pops in um, and and sees what we've got sporadically and again I had a game with him I connected and he just happened to rock up one day in this like filthy v8 1980s like <laughs> Falcon ute and he goes mate I'm just retro and like, <laughs> just dead yeah, and that would have
2: never have happened if um, oh. Yeah, the, the joy has been meeting people, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the eBay finds. Um, so
3: is, it, is that where you get it? Is that where you get your gear on eBay?
2: Yeah. Charlie's got great stories about Amsterdam. Well, um, yeah. I mean, when I went down this uh, this rabbit hole, I was living in in the Netherlands at the time, um, and the Netherlands isn't exactly a massive golfing nation. However, uh, for those that do play, absolutely love it, um, and. Um, Side note, interestingly, the topography there is, especially on the coast, is much like just over the channel in the British Isles. And so back in the day, the Harry Colts of the world would come over. There are some phenomenal tracks, um, really linksy, dunesy tracks uh, with some really passionate golfers. However, there are not a lot of them. Um, And another thing, I guess, about the Dutch is that, um, well, they kind of are, they're tight asses. Let's say that. they okay. don't uh, they, they don't want to spend too much, um, and so consequently, the stuff that's available on eBay is relatively affordable. But it's been really cared for. Um, they live within their means. They're not out getting the latest and greatest. They hang on to their stuff for a long time. It's well taken care of. So it's in great nick. Um, it's affordable, there's not a lot of competition because there's not a lot of, uh, you know, retro lords out there looking for them. So it was just his treasure trove of amazing stuff. And, again, it was the characters that I'd meet and have a chat about the stories behind the clubs. And to use your word, it just felt a lot more interesting yeah. um, than, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of the modern stuff. And it's just sparked conversations and relationships, uh, yeah, across the board that's been um, been heaps of fun.
3: Okay, I'm just having a look actually on eBay Netherlands while yeah. you're talking. About... Oh, here we go. Here I, we go. Can't, yeah. I can't read anything, but I can In see set of... the bounty wasn't as
4: plentiful. But yeah. while Charlie was madly going through and sort of um, taking stock of sort of the Dutch golfers who wanted to get ri- rid of, all, or, you know, we, we like to call it their salt because um, obviously we are old salty. In Australia, back in in twenty twenty, there was a lot out there, but a lot of people are onto it now. So yeah. you you look on Australian eBay, and if the if, if if the equipment's there and it's it's popular, people are demanding a, a premium. But the most success we've had in a, in Australia is where you'll see like a, a random gum tree post that someone's selling like three hundred clubs, and they've just got one picture of the bag, and you zoom in, and it's like. I think there's a couple of ping beryllium coppers in there. I think there's a tailor-made V-steel. <laughs> you just yeah. go and you're patient and you ask questions and you find out that, yeah, that guy is selling 300 clubs. The 50 in the photo, are the absolute worst. And he's just got all this absolutely amazing stuff in mint condition in the background. And um, they're stoked because they didn't think it was people would want it. And, um, it's just you know, it just opens up like Pandora's box of, of of what's possible. We're also finding too that people are contacting us now and saying, yeah. "Hey, got all this stuff. Are you interested? Or what do you think I should do with it?" Um, and, and they're great conversations as well. Okay. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's the connections. It's the I mean, people, you do
3: the story, you guys. You don't go. You don't go through the hickories. You don't go back that far. You're just no. you're stuck in the eighties, nineties. Cap
2: it seventies. Anything between nineteen seventy and ninety nine, okay. um, and they're just the decades that um, that we felt were the most interesting. And anything post two um, thousand, yeah, starts to get into you know four sixty cc driver territory, and just felt actually let let's cap it at ninety nine. Yeah, okay. is there only I think our sweet spot is probably, well, I know
4: from me just growing up in my formative years of golf, sort of 88 to sort of 96, around there, sort of where King Cobra, DCI, Tommy Armour, like the 845s, Ping Putter, Ping Putter, Ping Putter, Odyssey, <laughs> yeah. the Ram Zebra, that's a
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
3: You might be able to answer a question for me. I bought a set of Greg Norman Signature Cobras. The cavity back, but the cavity is only a millimeter deep, right? Mm. Um. And with a black cobra shaft. And I've Googled the black cobra shaft to death and I can't find a single mention of there ever being a black cobra shaft. Is it still? Yeah.
2: Huh. I've never come across that. I've never come across that either. Um, mm. We'll have to ask. Let's ask the big man. Yeah. <laughs> Can you
3: ask um, the big man to find out? But <laughs> 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 don't,
4: don't whoever whoever the, the big man is. Because I, I know the ones that you're talking about, Those, the, the Greg Norman, yeah.
3: Yeah, there's... They're cavity, just, but
4: they're, they're, they're a yeah. they're There's no cavity. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so
3: we, so I've got a Scottish friend and he said the other day, let's have nine holes this afternoon, and he goes, bring your 90s clubs.
2: Yeah,
3: awesome. So I took those in a piece of persimmon wood, and, and it's in a five-wood, I think a pro something, one and a half. Anyway, it's bloody great. Yeah, we one, had a great time. I
2: like the process of kind of picking a fruit salad, bag from the 90s Andrew is that something you kind of like do you wander into your garage and just kind of pick whatever floats your boat that day
3: no I play I've I'm, I play old Ben Hogan's apex yep 2000 so I just extended those regripped them nice so and they're beautiful and then I've got a new set of Ben Hogan's okay and then in the last two weeks I've picked up a three wood and a driver that I haven't committed to fully yet but I'm definitely moving away from the Callaway Rogue driver yep. and all of the big names. Yeah. Just to go if it's an older name and I can play well with it then I think Yeah. Cuz cuz I, I mean I genuinely think the big guys keep coming out with new stuff all yep. the time and I know they go further and better but she's, you know, right? where's where's the fun? Exactly. Where's,
2: I mean, I get no end of shit from everyone when I pull out my 2008 callaway oh, square go. headed yeah, fti well. driver affectionately known as the dinner plate Ah, oh, we go way back and it's interesting you mentioned the uh you know that courting period when you buy a new big dog it's typically mm. at the big end of the bag isn't it? the big dog you know fairway woods you go through a period where you're trying to work it all out you know mm. like, are we a good fit do you like pina coladas get, getting caught in the rain <laughs> like you know where are we at um yeah. i um I pulled the trigger the other month on a um, on one of the tailor-made mini drivers. Yeah, right. Um, which
3: just... They're
2: interesting. They are interesting. And, I, I mean, the thing that caught my imagination was obviously size, but also the hark back to, to the original one. Um, and I, you know, it was love at first sight. I pulled the trigger and, and bought it. And, you know, the divorce papers... Uh, currently being signed and ready to uh, re- ready to be executed, and I'm going back to old faithful dinner plate because uh, it's just I mean it's the tried and the tried and tested. But yeah, I don't know that period when you first buy something new and trying to work mm. out your relationship with it is and, a yeah, and and this,
3: There's something else that's interesting. It's, it's a um, it's a mental thing that when you turn up with really old. So my, I've got an a, an original Hot Spurs brown bag, Hot Spurs. Is that sound right? Is in Tottenham? No, no, no. It's got like a. It's got a. Um, it's it's a brown old nineteen seventies leather bag, mint, and um, with a. It's got a cactus on it. I think it's hot Hotspurs. Can't remember. Quirt. I don't know. I'll send you a photo when we're done. Yeah, do it. And um,
4: hey, with these stories, we need to get you to do a salt digest. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> this bag with these things. Well, yeah. What on.
3: happens? What happens is people look at and and you, people can't. I, I love the. Actually, the re- I think I do it for the reaction. They either give a shit and they go, oh, "Mate, how old's that?" Yeah, and I go, well, "It's not as old as you." Yeah. So. <laughs> or they're like, "Oh wow, oh, I think I had one of those." So I think there's something nice about it's a conversation exactly. a starter instead of going, you know, and look, and I mean, I think people who listen would know I, I play with a wooden putter, a homemade wooden putter yeah. made out of decking timber. Wow. Decking Tim- timber. And. I, <laughs> And I, um, Mervau, or whatever it's called, um, and we fell off for a little while and I got a a Betonati Hogan, this thing, it was just branding iron. It's mm. beautiful. And I thought, just go back to your old wooden cutter and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's funny when people don't mention it. They just look at it and go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's almost better. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. So, look, I'm just, just before we wrap it up, I'm just having a quick look at your site. You know, you've got a Howitzer Tideless One Wood, you've got the, the Par Buster Blades, the John Letters, some amazing, 100 bucks, Jesus. Um, how do you choose what to sell and what to hang on to? And is there a holy grail of, of something that you're looking for?
2: It's a great question. Um, I- our back catalogue,
4: A pittance of what we have hoarded has actually made it to the site. Okay. Um, And a lot of the stuff, people have come to us directly and said, do you have this? And we're like, yes, and we've sold it before it's even got to the site. Okay. Um, But, yeah, there's no formula
2: on what makes it. No. Everything that's on there um, or most of it that's on there has all been um, hand refurbished by us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... Um, a hobby that I just poured myself into during lockdown um, over in the Netherlands. I, um, I became really friendly with uh, this, uh, this local guy down at the Hilversum Golf Club um, and, I, I mean, it's a long story but, but um, cut short, I went in to get a putter re-gripped to a 10-minute job and I was there for four and a half hours just captivated by this bloke. A lovely old Irishman. He'd been living in it. the Netherlands for 30-odd for years. One yeah. of these classic Irishmen that just pisses himself laughing and can't get his punchline out of his own joke because he's just – Yeah, just yeah, this it. is so funny. And, um, <laughs> and I said, uh, Vinny, mate, um, how would you feel about, um, you know, if I brought a six-pack down to your shed next Friday and uh, you, we sat down and you'd you, you know, teach me everything you know? And he's like, mate, I would love that. Yeah. Um, so I bowled up and every Friday I'd go down there with a six pack. Uh, we'd put on some, some classic old rock, get stuck into some Guinness and just refurbish. Um, and it was an amazing or um, well one, just learning uh, to use you know, use my hands in uh, in a workshop and, and doing yeah. something that I just you know developed a huge passion for. Pulling heads, polishing them, reshafting, regripping. Um, and really getting into it. So a lot of the stuff that's, in fact, I think all of the stuff that's on there we've we've refurbished. Um, so there's a big backlog of stuff that's um, that's sitting in the shed. That one day when we uh, when we get set up again with a workshop here, we'll get in there and, uh, and pour a whole bunch of love and attention into them and bring them back to their best. Yeah. Uh, but that's been a huge part of it too. Just uh, learning something new. Um, kind of uh, upcycling, if you like, re- recycling old stuff yeah. and, and bringing them back to their kind of former glory has been a huge uh, part of you know. You know, a lot of satisfactions come from that too. Yeah, okay. but is, it,
4: it, is, a lot of is, the stuff too is it, we, we've been attached to it, and we've we've got sticks there. Like I've I've got a couple of I've got a mint condition tightless DCI staff bag, like straight out of David De- Deval's sort of <laughs> garage that I bought going, yeah, we'll put it on the site. And it's like, I can't get rid of that. And the problem Mm. we're having is we can't get rid of a lot of it and we're just holding on to this stuff and sort of fumbling with excuses (laughs) to our better halves on when the garage is going to have a little bit more space or or when we're going to get rid of things. But, um, yeah, it it is a labour of love and it's so cool just having the options just to... Go, yep, I'm going to take my long lines are going to be these tightless. I'm going to take these yeah. things yeah. and it's, yeah, you've essentially got a, a pro shop in, in your garage just with other people, you know, what other people saw as trash as, as we're seeing as a, an absolute treasure.
3: Okay. Is there, a, is there a holy grail? Like do you have a sort of a, you know, a weekly search for the, Uh, Max Fly Black Dot Revolution Blades or the, you know, like is there And I'll
2: I'll reveal my Dumb and Dumber story um, that led to my Holy Grail. Um, This was um, back in the day I found this, um, I found a brown ping putter. I had no idea really what it was. And I was uh, bidding with this duchy. I said, mate, I'll give you 40 euros for it. And he goes, nah. He's like, give me 50. And it became this bidding war. And I didn't want to, like, get stuck in the uh, get stuck in the bidding war, so I walked away. I said, nah, you're done. And this is before I'd um, really learned any appreciation for beryllium copper, uh, much less I2 putters. And this went on for a couple of months, three or four months. And I went back to him and I go, mate, have you sold your putter? He's like, nah. He's like, 50 bucks. I said, I'll give you 40. He's like, nah. So it dragged on. And I went back and I said, all right, mate, here's your 50 bucks and let's get on with it. And I went and got it. And it wasn't until I got it home that I then Googled it. (laughs) Right. And these things go like anywhere between four and 500 quid. Um, In Japan, some are selling for, you know, eight or 900, close to a 1,000. They're rare as hen's teeth. I had no clue. He had no clue. It was dumb and dumber. I was bidding on something he didn't know the value of and nor did I. And it's now become... Uh, probably, yeah, the, the putter in, in the garage that, um, that I kind of most cherish, partly because I was just so clueless at the start of it, but since I yeah. uh, put myself um, into a lot of, uh, yeah, retro ping stuff.
3: Yeah. So my hang one, on, so you, you don't my, game that putter?
2: Yeah, my one's simple, Andrew. I, I got it,
4: and it was the question you heard about Charlie talking about the dog and how he sort of he came up with this idea and dragged me into it. Um, the thing that he got me in, he goes, what would be your ultimate retro set? If you could replicate or get any set of the golf clubs from the 90s, 80s, what would it be? And the fact that I was able to replicate my first set with the DCI, the Callaway driver with the Nippon shaft, um, my Odyssey putter, my trusty, rusty wedges, everything like that, like to me, that is like the ultimate time of my life where I was like 13 through to 17, yeah. Surfed on the northeast to come up. Mum and dad would take me to golf in the afternoon tea time, and you know had the the chrome pilgrim buggy, like you name it, like at the turn the sniggers and um, you know what was It wasn't even data rate or that. Then it was sports plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Craig Perry was sponsored by that. Used to rock the visor. So to me, mate, it's it's more a replicated teenage set that yeah. is just and it, mate. Even if every shot comes off the hosel, just having that with me and just yeah. the memories that. It creates is just it's impossible to have a shit time.
3: Yeah. And I think that's uh that is possibly the secret to what you're doing is you're actually providing a nice a nice time. So you're sending us back to, you know, what we loved and what, what we were, and it's a it's a good thing. So the, the website is oldsaltygolf.com. You're also on Instagram. Yeah. Um the same thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, old salty golf at Instagram. Old yeah. Salty
3: golf. Yeah, and have a look. Okay. I mean You may well find something that you like. You might not. You might look at it and go, what? Tailor-made burner, one wood, 10.5 degree loft. No. Oh, luckily it's sold out. No problem. So you don't have to worry. (laughs) But you might find something in your own garage that will be of use to you.
4: Andrew, I've been here Googling black shafts about your Cobras and I've got nothing either. Yeah, I know. We need to get now into contact with our man Crossy up there in Queensland. Like this guy is, yeah, like next level with his knowledge so um
3: okay yeah. I'll send you a photo
2: yeah once
3: we get off the interweb
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> yeah
3: and uh you know don't even start me about using phones to do scoring yeah. anyway yeah. so hey listen um Charlie and Dan a real pleasure to talk to you uh, I, I really I, I, I love what you're doing I really do I think it's it's fun and it and golf should be fun it should be competitive but it should be fun
2: yeah, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having us. And we agree. We keep saying if uh, if we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. And um, yeah. and yeah, our hope yeah. is that we can just yeah. spread that joy for yeah. uh, for for stuff from yesteryear because yeah, infinitely yeah. more interesting. And, and you know,
4: with this retro gear and all that stuff about meeting people, connecting with people, and having more fun. You know, we're we're just trying to poke fun at the seriousness of golf now in terms of performance and that arms race. And it's it's not about that. It's about a half set over your, your arm, a sunset, playing two holes, three holes, dropping two or three balls, you know. Yeah, nice a la- nice lady you on your arm. Pay, pay a green fee. Yeah. Like it's it's just getting out there and, and just doing what you want to do and playing it how you want to play and, and forgetting about what, you know, the, the wider golfing community would, would, would rather have you believe.
3: Great work. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Thank you. Andrew.
2: Thank Thank you. See you, mate.
3: So there they are, the old salties, Charlie and Dan, getting into some really interesting territory. Um, and we didn't actually get an answer, which maybe you can tell me your answer of what is the Holy Grail. What's the Holy Grail for you? What are you looking for? What's the one thing that if you could if you could find it and you could play with it, like one of them was saying that to find that first set of clubs, those DCIs, which I googled and found, <laughs> I didn't buy them though. Um, so what's your thing? And if you've got someone like these guys that you you know, really enjoy talking to or being with and they're interesting and they love the game, they've got a story, please let me know on Instagram. It's just Andrew Datto. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I'll speak to you again soon. Over the COVID now. So we'll, we'll get back to...